In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 7, verses 32 to 39. Again, that is John, chapter 7, verses 32 to 39. Please open your Bibles to that portion of the scripture and join me in reading God's word. Let us all rise in reverence to the word of God. Verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. The title of today's message is Without Limit, obviously referencing to the Spirit, of God based on John chapter 7 verses 32 to 39. Now the Jewish authorities, this is somewhat like their religious police, which in some Arab nations still exist till today. In those days they were under Rome, but they did have a religious police. The Jewish authorities intended to arrest Jesus, but could not, even though he was in public. Jesus taught at the temple, at the Feast of Booths, others call it Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And many marveled at his teachings. The crowd had mixed reactions to Jesus, some would believe yet others would doubt. Whether they doubted or believed, Jesus clarified that he was from the Father. As the Father sent him, Jesus would one day return to the Father, but it was not yet time. That is why the religious police, even though they wanted to kill him and arrest him, could not because it was not yet time. But on the surface, they could not because it would be unpopular during that time because many marveled at his teachings. Even though the intent to arrest and kill pervaded, they could not. Now the Father, who has planned everything from the beginning, would use the hostile Jews for his purpose. Yes, God is a God of plan, and he is a God of destiny. 
He will use them within his plan, but it was not yet time. The hostile Jews will be used by God to usher in the greatest sacrifice in history, and we might even say in eternity. First point was the response of Jesus. Now, the Pharisees, again, wanted to arrest and kill him. His response expressed that he knew he would die soon. So even though he knew that there was a faction of Jews who wanted to kill him, Jesus knew he would be dying. He will be sacrificed because that is the plan. If some might understand what is the connection, we must understand that it is following the pattern of the Old Testament. Why did God the Father choose Abraham and build a nation? And through this nation, he would bless and discipline. And through this nation, he would go give shadows of the Christ to come. What are the shadows? The sacrifice of the lamb. The furnitures, the tabernacles in, I mean, the furniture in the tabernacle, in the tent of meeting, all reflect the coming of Christ. The ceremonies of the high priest all reflect the coming of the Messiah. That's why when we read in Scripture, the law and the prophets included in the law was the ceremonial law, which foreshadows the coming of Christ. That's why if we don't understand that, all my years as a, as a kid could not understand that. Growing up in a school which... They tell us about Jesus Christ, but I could not connect. Then why did he have to die? Because in the Old Testament, a lamb or an animal, without any connection to your sin, to a person's sin, must be sacrificed. Somebody innocent can take the punishment for the one that is guilty. In the same way, that, that is why he is called the Lamb of God. And in Hebrews, the one, the perfect one, the one who committed no sin as a man. He would return to the Father, thus he explained to the people, but they would not find him, nor would they be able to join him. Let's read verses 32 to 34. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. And the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer. And then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Again, let us state this because this is important. The, this religious police or the Jewish authorities would one day succeed in killing Jesus through Roman hands, but only because the Father allowed it. The Father destined the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus, knowing, knowing that he will rise again from the dead, knowing that he will defeat death. Remember what Adam and Eve lost. They lost life. Because when they ate of the fruit, they were spiritually dead, but their physical started decaying, as well as we are. Can we admit that? 
It is a fight we cannot win while we are on earth. And a lot are making money out of it, the skincare company and cosmetics company, because they know we are trying to fight back, but we know it's a, it's a battle we cannot win. So we are already happy when we are five years younger or 10 years younger. That gives us a little joy. And, uh, but it always saddens us when somebody says, you look so haggard today. It really affects us in a manner of speaking or for a man, you look weak and it does affect us. And uh, because we know the time Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, the decay started. The death wasn't instant death, and that is the mercy of God. There was spiritual death, yes. A separation from God. But the physical was the beginning of the decay. Jesus would rise again. The Father knew. He sacrifices unknowing that he will defeat death. And by defeating death, he gives us hope to eternal life. That's why Jesus would say in later on, those who believe in me, even though you die, yet you shall live. Some movies were created to around this concept of the fountain of youth, that if you find it, you will live forever. And I think some famous movies for kids or adults have revolved around that, that theme. And of course, uh, for entertainment value, we watch that and we're just amused, wonderful. But for theological values, let me say to you, don't look for the fountain of youth because we already found it. He allowed us to find it in Jesus Christ. Amen? speculations because of his statement remember this is a dialogue and when we study the bible we don't take verses and separate it from the context we are contextual students of the word so there was a dialogue here happening and let's read verses 35 to 36 when they heard this the jews said to one another where does this man intend to go that we will not find him does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? Now, where would he go where we cannot find him? Now, let me just give some clarity. What does it mean when it says here, the writer said, dispersion among the Greeks? Well, the dispersion began or the diaspora, the dispersion began when they were invaded by Babylon. They were warned by God, because of your idolatry, you will be disciplined. And it was forewarned in the law of Moses, well, in the law of God through Moses, that if you obey the Lord your God, your enemies will be scattered in front of you. But if you disobey, your enemies will come against you and you will be scattered. And Babylon was used by God to discipline them. Thus, they were scattered around the world. And after that time, it was only in 1948 that they were recognized to have their own nation. Imagine how long 
They would be able to come back, but under the authority of Babylon, under the authority of Persia, or under the authority of Rome. They would be scattered, and that's why they call it a dispersion. During Babylon, they were scattered, but in the time of the Persian Empire, they were allowed to come back and to rebuild. And we know that story from Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And even before that, was, and, and with that story was Ezra. And they came back, although still under not their own kingdom. The descendant of David was not on the throne. So for many years, they were dispersed. So when they say dispersion among the Greeks, the word here is also the Gentiles. Because then Greek culture permeated the modern world then, not the modern world today. The then modern world, Rome conquered through its military might, yet the culture of Greece conquered Rome because of philosophers and culture that they embraced to the point that Rome even made parallel gods of what, was, what were the Greek gods. And it was Greek language that dominated because of its beauty and because it's like English today. Somehow, English is the, the international language for business and diplomacy. It was such that, that during that time, when I said, where is he going? Is he going to the Jews who remained? Okay, the Jews, some of them went back. Yet some of them remained in other countries. Some of them remained in Babylon. And they were encouraged by the prophets to say, set up house, set up business. I will bless you, says the Lord. And that's where the synagogues emerged from different locations. Since they could not go to the temple, if there were 10 Jews that could gather, they would gather and do a public reading of scripture. Now, the Jewish authorities were saying, where is he going that we can't find him? Maybe, maybe he's going to the dispersion. He's going to hide there. What they didn't know was he was going back to the father. Now, fast forward, Jesus would die and rise from the dead. He would ascend to heaven. You'll read that in Acts chapter 1, where the apostles would witness the ascension. And that, I would believe is a beautiful scene. Perhaps it was the perfect weather. Not too much sun, because if you look up, too much sun in your eyes will hurt your eyes. I just can't imagine. Um, the beautiful scene. But they would not feel abandoned because what? Jesus would send the Spirit. And he kept saying that. I'm going away, I'm going away. But you will not be alone because I will send the Comforter, the Spirit. Now let's talk about the Spirit. On the last day of the feast, Jesus spoke about rivers of living water, which referred to the Spirit. Those who believe will receive the Spirit in due time. But the Spirit has not been given because Jesus has not yet risen from the dead and has not yet ascended back to the Father, let's read verses 37 to 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Jesus went to the Feast of Tabernacles not to participate. You know why? 
it was about him, which he was not revealing. John wrote in chapter 1, the word dwelt, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, the exact word there, and tabernacled among us. Tabernacled, created a tent among us. And the feast of tents or tabernacles, he was the one supposedly being celebrated there. That's why in the last day, there is part of the ceremony is a drawing of water. And then that's a time when he perfectly timed it. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, the thing about this thirst and this water, this living water, is a theme that is not only in the book of John. You'll find that theme in other parts of Scripture. And you will find that at the end. In Revelation 21.6, after he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, he spoke about the living water. Verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart. Well, the other translation says, out of his innermost being. That's why some say heart. Do you know that some actually don't refer to the heart as the innermost being? Some feel it's the gut, the belly. <laughs> so that's why we have this English term, trust your gut, meaning your, your, your instinct. So it's not only the sensory data, but you have to also look at your past experiences, and also how you sense things, you combine those, they say, in making decisions, they say. So out of his heart also means out of his belly or out of his innermost being. Now, what's the analogy there? Well, it's like food. We need to satisfy the inner parts. When we get thirsty, it's not just the throat that, that feels dry. It's a whole body that feels nourishment. And now he's referring to, now, uh, if you thirst, anyone who believes in me, if, come to me, will never thirst. That's the theme he has been saying. But here he's giving the illustration, actually, you will have a well within you. And that's a beautiful illustration. Now, we who are in some of the farmlands understand the value of a spring water in the farmland. All of you who had some farms, water is important. Without the spring of water, it's just like, where will you get the water? You can catch the rain, of course. You can always catch the rain and filter it and use it. But it's different if there are springs of water in the farm. And with springs of water, you can do a lot in farming. That's why if somebody says, I have a spring, was it pumped or is it natural? Whenever we hear it's natural, we're just, oh, wow, what a wonderful farm. In buying a farm, those are the things we look for if we can find a spring. Otherwise, we'll go through the hard part of catching the rain. Or more expensive if we use the service. We have to pay for that. Now, Jesus is saying, well, you're not just not going to thirst, but a spring will come out of you. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. Now, this is he said. This he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit 
had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. What does this tell us? There is a timing for that. Not yet been given, although in the past the Spirit would once in a while be active in certain situations. You'll see that in the Old Testament and even the New Testament. And when the Spirit comes to the prophets and to reveal things, it is a Spirit at work, yet the Spirit was not given to every believer. And that is the difference. That's why Jesus said, you will not be alone. Now, let us note again that the author John, the son of Zebedee, previously wrote about the theme of living waters. The thirst is not physical, that Jesus was addressing. It is of a spiritual nature. It is not about earthly thirst or temporal thirst or bodily thirst, but it is something that pertains to eternity. And we as believers understand what eternity is. Life on earth is what? 70 years, 90 years. Through more wisdom and knowledge today, some reach 100 years. And some of you might be wishing for 100 years. Add something to that wish. You're 100 years old and strong. All right? Some just wish 100 years, but 100 years and useless and just on the bed can't move. It's not worth living. All right? So if you wish to have a long life, also pray for the strength, but also begin to take care of our bodies so that if ever we reach, and some of you would say, oh, no, I'd rather enjoy life now and go to heaven early. Well, that's your prerogative, okay? We cannot judge you for what you want to do. Um, let's go to the living, the living what we learned based on the text, the application. Uh, first point is home to the Father. The people could not go where Jesus was going because he had not died and risen. Now we can go, go to the Father through Jesus Christ. And there's a typo I need you to change. Uh, what was once closed is now open. Can you change that if you have a ballpen? Now open to those who genuinely believe. Then the people speculated, is, where is he going? What does he mean by going back to the Father? So for us, there is no speculation because we're looking in hindsight. And that's the beauty of reading the Bible. We're looking in hindsight. Do you know that we are all experts in hindsight? When we look at the previous situation, we should have done this. One, two, three. We're, we're all experts there. But the present is more difficult when you're faced with certain decisions because you don't know the outcome yet. So the present is the time where we really need help. We need to find wisdom from the scriptures. We need to consult the right people when it comes to major decisions in life or business or employment or marriage or whatever major decisions we need to take. We need wisdom from God and wisdom uh, from the word. We don't have to speculate because we're looking back. We understand the story of Christ if we study it, if we study it, if we learn it, if we go through it line by line and study it contextually, we can look at the context and the meaning of it. So no speculations. That's the second point. The people speculated about his would-be whereabouts, but we do not speculate. We know that he is in the highest authority to execute the plan of the Father, seated at his right hand. Jesus is sovereign over all kingdoms and all people. 
We may even say that he is sovereign over every molecule. When some people say that I'm losing hair, I do not fret nor do I fear because he is sovereign over every strand of hair. Amen? <laughs> so whatever you go through, whether it's a challenge or it's a crisis, we have to remember the sovereign God. I always remember the God of Joseph where he had to go through a really difficult training Events in his life where he had to go through being a slave to a prisoner to being the one in command of Egypt. Remember the stories of the Old and the New Testament and what he's saying to us here in the end, you are with me. You may suffer here or not, but you know, if we preach the gospel, there is some persecution. Whatever happens on earth, the ultimate blessing is we are with him. So please do not give in to prosperity preaching where they say if you believe in Jesus, you will be rich and everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right with our soul, with our spirit. So if you believe that, then you encounter real problems in life, then you're disillusioned. If God were real, why am I having a hard time? It means you have a lack of understanding of the God of the scripture. Let God be God, not the way you want him to be. So we do not speculate. We look at scripture and see the beauty of scripture. It's beautiful and it's wonderful. Can you imagine in a span of 1,500 years, many scrolls were written by around 40 authors, different time zones in different locations. Yet if you put it together, the central themes are the same. It builds up one story after another. Now just choose the same time zone today, same nation in the Philippines. One from Ilocos, one from Bicol, one from Cebu, one from Mindanao. And ask them, write your philosophy of life. And after they, just four, four people. Then we bring them together. Guess how united or contradictory it is. I believe there would be more contradictions. But the beauty of scripture, it's around 40 authors. And that's why the beauty of studying it from end to end, only we who study see the beauty. So for us, there is no speculation. We believe in Jesus Christ. And lastly, know the Spirit. God gives a spirit to all who believe. The spirit quenches the spiritual thirst of those who believe. May I say not just a spiritual thirst, but I would like to say if we build this relationship with God and understand his word and the work of his spirit, also our emotional thirst is also addressed. Spiritual and also emotional let us remember that Jesus mentioned the Spirit in relation to His words. Previously, in the same context, when He introduced the Spirit, Jesus also said, My words are Spirit and they are life. So what does it tell us? Something that is a theme throughout Scripture as well. The Word of God and the Spirit of God cannot be separated. The Spirit of God works with the truth of the Word of God. 
That is why our role is to share the word of God with the prayer and hope that the Spirit will use the words that people heard in their lives. What we should not do is try to manipulate people into believing. We have to just state the gospel as clear as it is and trust the work of the Spirit of God. It is not your role to convert anybody. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot change a drug addict. You cannot change a person full of hate. No, you cannot. But we have seen that happen. And that's not us. It is the gospel, the word of God, and the spirit of God working together. But that would be in his time, in his way. So parents, if you are so burdened and you're not sure if your child is truly believing in him or what, your role is to clarify the gospel because you cannot really monitor anybody 24-7. That they be exposed to the word of God and trust and pray that the spirit will work in them. In the same way, even if we wish for people to change around us, we cannot do it. There is a limitation. You can influence certain behaviors using several manipulative techniques, sure, However, that is temporary. The Word of God, it is the Word of God, the Spirit of God. But let's forget for now about these moralistic things because moralism does not save anybody from eternal fire. Moralism is just the result of one truly believing in Him. What we need to show is who Jesus is and why we believe in Him. So I share to you right now, to those of us who believe, there is without limit to the access to the Spirit of God that lives within us. Without limit. Destined to die and rise again. Only the Lord knew of the when. But it was not yet time that day, the day that our sins he would pay. Through his death and resurrection, believers would have redemption, so that where he is, we can be. Only those born of God will see. He would then speak of the Spirit, quenching our thirst without limit, received by those who do believe, graced by the Father to receive. The insights we gained through the text, it was not indeed that complex, the spirit he would send to us, those who believe in Christ Jesus. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Before they could not come to where he was going. But at a moment of time, they could to those who believe. For a time, the spirit was not in every believer Yet, at a destined time, the Spirit was given to all who believe. And until today, it is that time. That when we thirst, when we thirst mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, the key is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just believing in a passive way that He exists, or He existed but truly giving our hearts in faith 
trusting in what he did, his suffering, death, and resurrection, meant the forgiveness of sins to those who repent and believe. Therefore, we come in repentance, forgive us of our sins, believing that you will forgive us. So we come, Lord, not trusting our own morality because it is incomplete and it is not enough. It's never enough. May we understand our own morality and good works will never be enough compared to the guilt of sin we have. If we committed the hatred, that is a sin. If we lie to somebody, that is a sin. And that makes us guilty. Only the forgiveness through Jesus Christ. May we be justified. We thank you, O oh Lord. And for those of us who thirst, allow us to surrender to you our whole lives. To those of us who think we believe, yet we fill our thirst with the world, teach us, show us, guide us, break us. That we may focus only on you. And we would have that relationship where the Spirit and the Word would flow within us and quench our mental, emotional thirst. Remove anything that does not please you. Any goal or ambition that is not aligned to your Word. Stop us, Lord. Change our minds. And allow us to walk in the decisions that glorify you. In the decisions that are aligned to the Holy Scriptures. We thank you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Amen. Good morning. God bless you all. And before you go, please greet one another, introduce yourselves, yourselves to each other. God bless you.